0: You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at CatholicThinkers.org forward slash donate. This is Father James Shaw, and I would like to uh, present a lecture uh, which was given in Napa, California, in August of 2014. Uh, to the um, Trinity School in that uh, town, the uh, re- lecture was published at, on the Catholic World Report on August the twenty-six, two thousand and fourteen. It's on the general topic of education. Its title is, "On Not Keeping Quiet About a Study." I begin with a quotation from Plato from the Laws where he says the Athenian who was one of the interlocutors there says we generally say that so far as the supreme deity and the universe are concerned we ought not to bother our heads uh, hunting up explanations because that is an act of impiety. In fact Precisely the opposite seems to be true. Clinius, what is your point? The Athenian. My words will not surprise you, and you may well uh, think them out of place on the lips of an old man. But it is quite impossible to keep quiet about a study if one believes it is noble and true a blessing to society and pleasing in the sight of God, the end of the quotation. A recent essay in the New Republic was titled, Don't Send Your Kids to the Ivy League Schools. Its thesis was that such schools merely prepare snobs uh, who belong to a wealthy elite, mostly out of touch with the real people. We can be almost certain that this admonition, uh, not to send your kids to the Ivy League schools, will increase the number of their applications. Snobs like to be with snobs. An elite likes to meet with other elite. The solution to this presumed problem offered by the author, himself an Ivy League graduate, was to send most everyone to state schools at state expense. This solution would assure equality and and more diversity. I call this proposal, the totalitarian solution to the elitist problem in the quote. It is the natural offspring of never having read with care Plato or Aristotle. Alan Bloom in his closing of the American Mind had already said that the unhappiest people in our society today are those students who go to the twenty most expensive universities. He also said, as if the fact might just be the source of the problem, that any professor on entering a classroom can assume that every student is or thinks he is a relativist. That is, he is someone who does not think that any truth is possible. For Benedict often spoke of the same issue as cultural at the cultural level the current annual tuition of, of Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles someone told me recently is 53 thousand dollars. the tuition per semester at Santa Clara University when I was a student there in the 1940s was two fifty dollars. Loyola seems to have no difficulty in attracting students. Whether that is enough to make it an elite school is doubtful. Really, elite universities generally waive tuition costs for students who cannot afford it if they can qualify to pass the entrance requirements. An elite school today is one that can, like, football players, give free rides to the students it desires. Just where the best education is given is not easily answered in terms of prestige, money, or state power. In fact, as I have often observed, the best education today may well be mostly outside any academic institution. Pope Francis often speaks of jobs and unemployment. He cites the number of unemployed youth in Europe, some 75 million. He talks about the frustration of youth who have no employment future, even with education. He thinks that job is almost basic to human dignity. On the other hand, many economists tell us that there is no need for so many jobs in the future. Technology is rapidly replacing most all jobs, but the uh, menial ones. Most all jobs, but the menial ones. Immigrants are taking these latter jobs. There is some employment, but we have, but we have to be highly educated in technology uh, to accept it. We saw animals replaced by machines, and now we see the machines replace uh, stores and and robots replace factories, workers. Uh, Money is replaced by cards and automatic tellers. Stores and shops are replaced by Costco, and Costco is replaced by Amazon.com. Newspapers and journals. Are online and books are on Kindle. Writers like Wendell Berry think that this process is a disaster for the culture. The culture of family, uh, tradition, work, and social uh, cohesion—social cohesion—is broken when the young begin to go to college. They seldom return to their place of origin. This view is the American uh, take on the development of developmental brain drain uh, in which the educated class left their countries for education and never returned. There is a small back to land distributist movement, but this appears to be more like a hobby, however, healthy. It may be for the few, who can still live on the land. Yet Schumacher's Small is Beautiful was also an attempt uh, to gear uh, machinery to human size, and not to make man a strong a stranger among monstrous, monstrous machines. <clears throat> Technology responded by making the tiny machine. Uh, Everyone carries in his pocket uh, the cell phone uh, so they can talk to anyone at any time in any place in the world. Looked at from another angle, however, the world has made uh, made great strides in reducing and eliminating poverty. At least six-sevenths of the world's population are not now in dire poverty. It is an astonishing record really. It was caused largely by innovation and global growth of free markets. And most of the remaining poverty is caused by governments, inefficiency, corruption, ideology, or by religious and cultural concepts that make improvements difficult or impossible. But what we are what we have hopefully seen the end of communism, we have seen the rise of Islam as it returns to its own roots in the aggressive manner that characterized its beginnings of world conquest in the seventh and eighth centuries. We also see so called liberal states themselves rapidly uh, declining in population with little sense of the future of their kind we see the rejection of our freedoms and laws in the uh, in the name of rights we see the rise of a democratic totalitarianism reminiscent of Rousseau's being forced to be free from the beginning of political philosophy Aristotle had seen this possibility in democracy with its relation to uh, the smooth and eloquent tyrant. We remain confused and astonished at the rapidity rapidity freedom of religion is now under heavy fire. Indeed, we see Christianity itself more and more designated as what is preventing a new worldly utopia in our midst. Christians in the West are increasingly being given a version of what I call the Muslim choice, either convert to the ruling ideology or accept and pay for a second-class citizenship. The word persecution is increasingly on the lips of Christian leaders, from the Pope down. We see photos of Christians kneeling before Muslim thugs and being shot in the heads as they pray. We don't but we don't say much about this. We have no solution as Christians are being eliminated from Muslim lands. We talk of dialogue and peace. It only emboldens the persecutors. In the beginning I cited a striking passage from Plato's laws. Two things were made clear in this passage. One maintained that it was not a good thing if we cease to look for explanations of all things on the ground that it would be impossible, uh, it would be impious to the gods. In other words, We are to seek to know what we can of the gods. We do not compliment them by not seeking to discover what we can about them. We are not voluntarists for whom God's omnipotence includes his not being uh, bound by the principle of contradiction. This freedom means logically Right, that right can be wrong um, one day and reverse itself on the next. In such an unstable world, no investigation of reason, of logos, can take place. There is literally nothing stable enough to investigate if the world has no order or is based solely on will. The second point is that we really should not, indeed cannot, keep silence about noble and profound things that are good for the service of others and the praise of the gods. What is out there that is not ourselves stirs our souls. This response seems to me to be an aspect of the point Made by Aquinas. In the Contra Gentiles, he saw that creation itself needed uh, to be praised by someone within it. The existence of the world was one thing, but not enough to explain why it was intelligible. The world, for its completion, needs the appreciation of. Uh, needs the appreciation of it by what is not God, but what can know and praise. This praise of what is uh, in existence seems to be necessary for the world itself, but this praise arises out of free response, not from determinism. This freedom explains why the world and its causes uh, can and are Uh, too often hated for they imply something greater than man. In a penis cartoon, Charlie Brown, with an angry look on his face, is standing by the sidewalk. A young girl has just uh, passed right by him. She pays no attention to him. He cries out to her in a rather loud voice, Believe in me, in the next sequence snoopy trots by ignoring him again charlie shouts to the mutt believe in me now charlie is mad lucy also walks right by him he follows her yelling believe in me in the last scene charlie has gotten the point he sits dejectedly on the step chin in hands uh, and a whisper and whispers to himself, I just can't get people to believe in me. The point is, as I see it, that we are not ourselves the, the object of belief. Best to pass up, uh, pass us by if we think that we are. It is a good thing that we can... Uh, get no one to believe in us. Perhaps we can get people to trust us or to love us but not believe in us. So what do we do when we both believe in the gods and seek to know all we can about them from what is revealed to us and from what we can figure out by our own reason? That is the Uh, Platonic proposition. Chesterton's essay on the classics in um, Come to Think of It uh, offers us some clue. Chesterton once met a young man who was uh, in fine frenzy, as he put it. The study of Latin and Greek is not of much use in the battle of life, the young man maintained. As an alternative uh, to the study of the dead languages, which I know very few study today, the young man proposed that we study something practical, like health. We should rather study, uh, quote, the facts and functions of the body. Chesterton himself admitted that at school, he consistently neglected to do any work in which I was not uh, supposed to be learning. the uh, in which I was supposed to be learning Latin and Greek. He did not pick up. He did pick up some Latin that later came in handy. Chesterton is most amusing. He goes to the heart of what there is to study. The trouble about always trying to preserve the health of the body is that it is so difficult to do it without destroying the health of the mind. Health is the most unhealthy of all topics. This passage is mindful of a comment in Aristotle. He remarked that a doctor is directed to health, the health of a particular person. He seeks by aiding nature to bring this health about, if possible. But when one is healthy, no one is has need for a doctor. The healthy person directs himself to the things that are beyond health. When we are healthy, we hardly notice we hardly notice it, as we are busy with everything else but health. Concern for our health can be quite morbid; there is nothing wrong with knowing what bodily functions are or attending to them when things go wrong. <clears throat> but if we talk to a boy of fifteen, or 16, about some disease, and give only a few fragmentary hints of what it is like, he will, Chesterton thought, very probably come to the rapid conclusion that he has got that disease. What the boy lacks is that sense of proportion uh, that he would get from a classical education. Youth is a period when the wildest external carelessness often runs parallel to the moral, gloomy, and concentrated internal uh, cares. I believe it was Chesterton's friend Shaw, uh, if not Chesterton himself, who said that the only thing that youth uh, lack is hope because they do not have enough experience to see alternatives uh, ahead of them. C.S. Lewis also noted that we should study literature precisely so that we gain experience of other lives and places against which to balance the narrowness of our own personal lives and experiences. So if we... Revise our school curriculum, uh, which we have indeed largely done, uh, to make our primary study about the body and its needs, and not that of the mind. We will put our youth in a most dangerous state. To throw a medical encyclopedia at the head of a young man, uh, in this condition, Chesterton remarked, is simply to provide him with a handbook of 1,000 ways of going mad. In the end of the quote. He will be convinced that he has every disease uh, that he reads about. Indeed, Chesterton recalled uh, talking to a professor of medicine who told him, In spite of all of these precautions, precaution, that medical students themselves often suffer from uh, this problem of finding a recently uh, discussed disease in themselves. What is the issue here? Revelling of the passage in orthodoxy, uh, that madness is the man of one idea that the madman is the man of one idea. Chesterton points out that advocates of facts in education do not really understand what a fact is. Quote, facts as facts do not always uh, create a spirit of reality because reality is a spirit. Facts by themselves can only feed a flame of madness because sanity is a spirit in the court. And this gets uh, to the heart of what Chesterton is driving at. Madmen men uh, lack a sense of proportion in things. They really believe that Herodotus wrote Homer or that the Great Pyramid was a prophecy. Uh, of the Great War. Thus, we began to see that classical education is not uh, so useless uh, in the battle of life. <clears throat> when Chesterton said that sanity or reality is a spirit, not a fact, he meant precisely what he mentioned before uh, from Plato, what we mentioned before from Plato, that the real world Uh, includes the understanding of it. Understanding is a spiritual thing, though rooted in reality, in really existing things, even ultimately in divine things. It is not facts that are important, but what lies behind or in them, their spirit, their causes, their truth. We hear much of the idea of culture. What culture does or ought to do is given, is to give a, a health uh, of the mind that is parallel to the health of the body. It is ultimately a matter of uh, intellectual instinct. A sane man knows when something would, would, would drive him mad, just as a man standing up knows uh, what angle he would fall down in the court from judgment. what causes this uh, sanity is the careful reading of the Latin and the Greek works including the words of scripture that is that is why uh, the great men have named uh, that I have named in the Jonathan and Stevenson, uh, so different in their natures, felt that the classics did count something in the battle of life, end of the quote. Though it is not bad, practical education is not enough. Quote, here is the door, and here is the open air. Itur ad antiquum uh, sil- uh, silvam. We know that for such a mind, lunacies will always be a lesser matter and sanity be like an open air. who we'll go into the, the woods of antiquity. The careful meaning of the classical authors gives us uh, the image of an ordered soul and so ordered an, uh, an ordered city when this uh, ordered life uh, uh, does not exist in the polity or the culture uh, to which we belong. This is the freedom Plato meant by the city and speech. This is why it can be said that in the battle of life, the classics free us. That is why we still read them. In conclusion, let me say uh, that it is an illusion to think that if we study the classics, including the Christian classics, under the aspect of their truth, of their non-necessity, of their freedom, we will be missing something important. It is the other way around. If we do not study them, we will miss almost everything that is important. I do not here intend to denigrate practical and efficient things. The improvement and uh, humanization of the world is itself a major reason why man is in it. But he also exists to know what he is what the world is, and in knowing them what their origins are. Why there is something, not nothing. Why is this thing, not that thing? We do not believe in ourselves. We believe in God as itself, the last step in knowing. By knowing why we exist in the first place. One cannot keep quiet about a study if he knows uh, that it is noble and serene. Surely Plato is right. If there is any uh, real excitement in academia, surely it is here. The end of the quotation. The end of the lecture. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.